0: Uh, I mentioned last week we were just going to do a couple weeks on trying to answer this question, why we gather. Uh, And last week we had looked at why we gather, and one of the main reasons that we do gather is because of Jesus. Like it's that motivation that we get from him. And we had looked at Hebrews chapter 10 and a little bit in 11, and I had kind of recommended take a chance, read the whole thing. There's a lot of good stuff in there although I think we probably went through like 75% of that chapter anyways, and we start to see that it's because of what Jesus has done for us. That's where this big motivation comes in. Like we're motivated by him because of what he's done for us, and we need that constant reminder. You know, it's what Hebrews, uh, what is it, 1024 says, that we're to consider one another and stir up love and good works. And that's where this big motivation comes in, that we are motivated by Jesus. But then it goes beyond just that. Because I think one of the things that sometimes that we will fail to realize, like we catch this on Sunday mornings, we catch that when we come in on a Sunday morning that this is a vertical relationship. It's with us here and our Father there. And so we get the, the vertical nature of it. But oftentimes we fail to realize that there's also a horizontal nature to the relationship. I mean, it's like you can even look back at the Ten Commandments. I mean, Jesus summarizes them and he says, hey, it's really two. Like, you had a hard time counting to ten, so you couldn't figure out how to keep ten. I'm going to simplify it for you. I'm going to give you two. Love God. Love people. Like, he really kind of did that. And if you think about that, it's really the image of the cross where it is both vertical relationships And horizontal relationships. And we should be doing that and understanding that on a Sunday morning. And even whether it's a Sunday morning that we're meeting and we're gathering together and we're singing songs and we're worshiping him and we're trying to elevate and glorify his name and his presence. And we're, we're just trying to make God great again. (laughs) Like that's what we're trying to do when we come in on Sunday mornings, but it goes beyond just that. And even on like midweeks when we do home groups, oftentimes we'll sit there and, and we can think about how it's vertical. And some home groups and some small groups are more vertical in nature. Others are more horizontal in nature. And to look at either one of those and think that they're wrong in and of itself would be to miss the point of the gospel. It would be to miss the point of the entire Bible. It would be to miss the point of our entire existence. God created us. For relationships, a relationship with Him, a relationship with each other, because He wanted a family. But He didn't want a family just to come and to sit and to occupy space and to be the same as they're leaving, as the same they were when they're arriving. He doesn't want us to be complacent. He doesn't want us to set still. He wants us to grow up. See, our gathering should also be motivated to grow. When we gather, it should be motivated to grow. Amen. We all should want to grow. Amen. And, and we sit there and oftentimes, because we're physical beings and we're in this physical world and we look at things physically and I sit there and I'll see a, a gray hair popping. Yes, I finally admitted that they're gray. I used to say they were white and somehow that was more distinguished. No, it's actually gray. <laughs> That's what it is. I I tried to say it was more like a platinum color, you know. No, it's it's more silver in nature, and and I see that, and I was like, man, I'm I'm growing old. Oh. I'm I'm getting there, and I know some of you are like, you have, have no, no clue what old is, <laughs> and I get that. But then there's others that are sitting here, and they're like, you're getting old. You've been old for over a decade, and it's like. This is all in perspective, and it's how we see one another. But we should be thinking, how does God see us? And he sees us as his dear children. And if you've ever been a parent, you understand that you want your children to grow. But it's not just to grow physically. It's to grow spiritually. It's to grow mentally. It's to grow emotionally You want them to understand their mathematic equations and be able to to do simple math. If they happen to be working a job and the computer systems go down, you want them to be able to count change. You'd like them to be able to actually write their name legibly. Amen. Maybe that's the only way people could identify them. But it's like you want these things, but more than that, you want them to actually grow up to be good human beings. People that other people actually want to be around. People that are kind. People that are compassionate. But if you've ever met a toddler, no, toddlers are not kind. (laughs) Toddlers are not compassionate other than when they want something. And that's just because they have figured out that if I just run up and I give mom a hug and I start talking in my little tiny baby voice, she'll give me everything I want because I'm her baby. And it's like they've learned how to manipulate. They're little manipulators. And they're selfish little beings. And it takes years and sometimes the rod of correction to be able to help them grow out of that selfishness. But then all of a sudden we become adults and we start walking around and going to the grocery stores and seeing people arguing over carts and parking spaces and like... Woman, you've got to be 65. Why are you still acting like a two-year-old? And it's like we see that they haven't actually grown up and they haven't actually matured. See, when we gather, it's not just for gathering sakes. There's supposed to be purpose behind it. We gather on purpose for a purpose. The purpose of why is because of Jesus. But what is it for? It's for growth because he wants us to grow up. And he wants us to grow up into his likeness, to be more like him. So even if we're meeting on a Sunday morning and you're listening to me just babble on for 45 minutes or whatever, it's not just to hear something and all of a sudden, yeah, that felt good. And No, it's to motivate you to grow. If we're meeting on a Wednesday or a Thursday and you've got a midweek home group and you're just hanging out and you're visiting and you're chit-chatting and there's lots of small talk going on, okay, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But there should be something more than that. There should be a growth in that. Maybe we're just hanging out, watching wrestling once a month, having some pizza, eating some food. Breaking some bread, if we want to get biblical in the terminology. That's great. It's good. We're supposed to do that. But there should be some purpose to it. There should be some intentionality to it. Because when we gather, it's not just about gathering. It's about growing. We touched on this last week, and I want us to go back and see this again. It's Hebrews chapter 10. And we're just going to look at the passage of verse 19 down through 25. But I want us to see that. I want us to read it again because I believe that this is a very important passage, a section of scripture, especially for us today. And so Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having the boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So much more should we be gathering. We should be gathering so much more, not just to worship him, but to also to grow and help one another grow. Because even when we are helping one another grow, even when we are stirring up love and good works with one another, that is a form of worshiping him. It is a form of making him great, exalting who he is, because we are trying to help one another be like him. This is what we're to do. Now, I get it that sometimes we meet, oftentimes when we're meeting, like we're very laid back here, if you haven't realized this. We don't start on time. It's just the way it is and you can blame that on me because I'm kind of setting the tone in here. Now for those that have been around for over a decade, you know that that was not me. We were one minute late and I would get frustrated. I would get upset, I would get angry because everything has to be done on time. Respect people's time. If you don't start on time, you don't respect my time. Then all of a sudden, I go overseas. I go over to Kenya. I go over to Thailand. I'm over there watching these Christians worship God. And yet they're starting two, three, four, five, six hours late. And this American boy is getting a little frustrated. Do they not respect me? And all of a sudden, God just kind of reminds me, well, Josh, it's not about you. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Check got that one. And we are, we're just kind of easy going here. I mean, we get you out on time because I do respect, you know, the, the hunger pains that will wind up setting in. I get that. But we just, we, we show up. And what do we do before service starts? And what do we do after service starts? We just chat. Mm-hmm. We just chat. It's just small talk. Oh, shit. There's lots of small talk. I mean, lots of small talk going on. We'll be talking about sports, right? How are the Broncos doing in the preseason? What? Good job. Vikings play today. Talk about that. We'll be talking about the weather. Did you like the rain that we wound up getting last Sunday? It kind of downpoured for a little while. Did you guys get anywhere you are at? Oh, you didn't get any. We got a little bit. Right? Yeah. I noticed we got some. I guess we'll have to pray a little bit harder for some rain. You know, we'll talk about sports. We'll talk about weather. Anybody read any good books lately? I'm hoping y'all read at least some of this good book lately. Maybe talking about your occupations. How's work going? How's the job been? Talk about your family. How your kid's doing? How's your wife? How's your husband? How's your mom? How your uncle's doing? Everybody going good? Siblings all right? Nobody's in jail? We're all good? I mean, we'll be just doing lots of little small talk. Favorite TV shows. Like, half the time, I'm putting small talk in my messages. You notice I was talking about that show, what was it, Alone last week. Why do we do that? Why do we, why do we use small talk? And is small talk bad? No, small talk's not bad. And why do we do it? Because it's a way for us to connect and a way for us to relate. Small talk is great. It can be great if it goes beyond small sp- talk talk, because if all we ever did was just chit-chat and all we ever did was just small talk, why are we any different than anything else that the world has? And couldn't we then exist without God? If all it was, was just small talk. I heard this quote, and I want to pull you up. It's from a pastor called Mark Deaver. He says, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be, be with people of similar experience, It's entirely natural and can be spiritually beneficial. But if this is the sum total of what we call church community, I'm afraid we've built something that would exist even if God didn't. If all we're doing is just the conversations and just the chit-chat, it exists without God. But we're in a vertical and a horizontal relationship. It's with one another and it's with Him. Our gathering is to be motivated by growth. You see, it's great for us to have bonds. It's great for us to be able to relate to one another. It's great for us to be able to connect, but it must go deeper than that connection. The funny thing, and, and I don't know, it's Michael and I, we do this quite a bit. At least I think it's quite a bit. Maybe he doesn't think it's quite a bit. But oftentimes, he'll just bring something up that he saw or he heard listening to the radio walking through a store, seeing a sign, catching a YouTube video, and it'll be something that has a spiritual component to it. And he'll just bring it out. And the next thing I know, it's like, we're not talking about radio on his trip that he was listening to something going to Eastern Iowa or Western Iowa. No, what we were talking about was spiritual truths. I've done this sitting around the table or sitting in the living room watching professional wrestling and a pay-per-view is going on. And all of a sudden, I see something that happens. And the next thing I know, we're talking about marriage and we're talking about family and we're talking about a sermon from a month ago. Or I'm walking through the living room and the kids are watching a new anime. And I hear somebody say something and I'm like... turn around, look at them, I'm like, you know that's not actually the way that light and darkness works, right? Like darkness doesn't chase light away. Light expels darkness. Darkness only exists in the absence of light. And the kids are like, oh yeah, yeah, they definitely got that wrong. Like just things in every day that can bring up these spiritual moments. We're supposed to be meeting, we're supposed to be gathering, but we're supposed to be growing. Proverbs tells us this in Proverbs 27, 17, you can check it out here. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Did you ever notice that a knife actually has to be sharp in order to serve its purpose? Amen. <laughs> you ever tried to cut something with a dull knife? Uh, how about a dull soul, but- yeah. <laughs> It's like, that just don't work. I mean, hey, occasionally you can get a perfect steak that it just cuts like a hot knife through butter and all of a sudden you set that fork on it and it just slides through. But that's not the typical, it's not the normal situation. And the only way that that will even happen is if the object that is to be cut through is in prime condition. But often we're not in prime condition. We need to grow. We need sharpening. So we need somebody else that is sharp to help keep us sharp. And then all of a sudden, when that other person that was sharp kept us sharp, you know what we're supposed to do now that we're sharp? Help someone else stay sharp. And maybe the one that just made us sharp is all of a sudden a little dull from making us sharp. Maybe what goes around needs to come around. Maybe we need to start sharpening one another. See, the Bible tells us that we're to make one another sharp. But this doesn't happen by accident. Iron doesn't sharpen iron by accident. It is something that is intentional. When we're to sharpen one another, when we're to help one another grow and to serve our God-given purposes and the primary purpose of being more like him, if we're to be able to do that, we have to be sharp. We have to be kept sharp. We have to stay sharp. we got to grow. We've got to improve. We've got to be better leaving than we were arriving. It has to be this way. See, our gathering is motivated to grow. But what does that sharpening look like? Did you ever think about that? What does that sharpening look like? If we're just sitting here, if we're just chatting, service hasn't started, we haven't even started running the countdown timer yet. You look down at your watch, you notice it's 1045, I'm still hiding out in the office Mom hasn't even come by to say, hey, do we were on the countdown timer. Nancy's back there, and she's just like, I'm just waiting for somebody to tell me to do something. <laughs> Nobody's told her to do something. We're all just sitting around. We're just chatting about the weather. We're chatting about sports. We're chatting about food. We're chatting about what was happening with the family. We're chatting about how our weekend went. By the way, I hope y'all had a great weekend. It's hope it's even better after this morning. But like, we're chatting. What does that look like? How do we use those moments to sharpen one another? What does it say we're to do in Hebrews? Hebrews 10.24, what does that say? It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another. Consider one another. Did you ever think about that word Consider. I mean, think about that for a second. What does it even mean? What is the author of Hebrews, what is the Holy Spirit, through the author of Hebrews, trying to say to us when he says, consider? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) It's a great question. (laughs) The Greek word here is kataneo. It means to observe fully, to behold, to consider, to discover, to perceive. When we're to consider one another for the purpose of stirring up love and good works, and we're just chit-chatting and we're just talking, I'll tell you exactly how this works. I'll give you a practical step, and it does require focus, it requires intentionality, it requires purpose. We'll be setting at home group. I don't know, for those that haven't attended Osceola's home group, it's a lot more laid back than Melcher's home group. And I'm sure Melcher's home group thinks that they're laid back. You ain't seen nothing until you've seen how laid back we are. Mom's always trying to steer the ship, and she's like, we're going to start a new Bible study. Everybody ready? We're like, no. (laughs) We just start chatting. We just go wherever we're feeling like. Sometimes she's getting frustrated with it. We control freaks have a problem with that every now and then. But see, what winds up happening is we go there and I'll hear Michael say something. I'll hear Shanda say something. I'll hear Mom say something. I'll hear Genevieve say something. I'll hear Kiara say something. And I'm not listening to just what their mouths are saying. I'm listening to what their heart is saying. And I'm listening for gaps in what they're saying. Not that I need to be some teacher, not that I need to be some profound. In that moment, I'm not even thinking about being pastor, I'm thinking about being a brother in Christ, and I'm just trying to hear something. That doesn't mean when they say something that is obviously not Christ-like, which they don't do that that often, I do it more often than they do. <laughs> but when something that is not Christ-like says, "I'm not jumping down their throat at all." In that moment, I'm listening. Internally, I'm asking God, give me the word to speak. That right word, the well-placed, the well-timed word. It doesn't need to be anything huge and profound that I have thought of. Just give me a little nugget. Just a little nugget so this iron can sharpen that iron. Just that little bit of a burr that is on there that is creating a dullness. Let me help knock that little thing off. However that works sometimes that's me just telling on myself even more. (laughs) And I'm good with that. I'm good with that because it's all about the purpose. Why are we there? We're to grow. And we can grow through conversations. Oftentimes those conversations, there's like six of us there and somehow we have four different conversations going at the same time. Like I don't know how that's going, but I also notice that we don't leave the same as we came. I see that Something's happened. There's a little bit of a sharpening that goes on. How do we do this? How do we consider one another? We consider one another, as it says in Contineo, it, it requires that thought. It requires the intentionality. It's to observe fully, not just observing the words, observing the heart, observing the countenance, observing everything that's going on. And sometimes that means when we're observing fully, we've been observing fully for weeks, for months, for years to notice that in our brother and our sister in Christ, sometimes we keep tripping over the exact same obstacle. And maybe we can see something that they can't see because they're too close to it. And maybe that's exactly how God wants us to be. Not like the rest of the world where they're all about themselves when they're not trying to live in isolation. No, we're not trying to live in isolation. We're not trying to cut ourselves off from our community. We're trying to embrace our community. We're trying to grow our community because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are His body and we are called to grow. And by God, we're going to grow. It requires that. It requires intentionality, focus, and looking at people hearing people the world calls this thing an active listening not just where you're hearing things but you're actually listening to what's being said but active listening goes beyond hearing what's being said to hearing what's not being said what are they not saying what's their face saying what's their body saying what's the posture saying If something seems off and you don't even know what it is, maybe something's off. And maybe that's the Holy Spirit trying to prompt you. There's something off. And if you don't know, you want to know another way that we can gather, the way we can help each other grow, pray for one another. And just be honest with one another. You see a brother and sister that's kind of struggling with something, just walked up and be like, I don't, something seems off. Don't want to get into it. But I just feel like I need to pray. Is that all right? Would any one of us, if someone else came up to us and said, hey, I just, I feel like God wants me to pray for you. Would any one of us reject that? No. So why do we think that we would? And don't say you don't think you would, because I know you've all been prompted by God at some point in time to pray for somebody and you didn't do it. And you didn't do it because of one main thing. And it's the same thing that forces us into isolation and it's fear. Fear drives us to isolation. We're afraid that they're going to reject us saying that I feel like God told me to pray for you. Man, even if you were all doing it, the only time I'm going to tell you no is if like I'm in the middle of actually giving a message where the Holy Spirit's obviously working and then you're trying to interrupt that. That's the only time I'm going to say no and it's not even going to be a no. It's going to be a not right now. Other than that, you ask me if you want to pray by all means. Please do. I hope you already were. if you weren't, you better be. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) yes. Yes, that's what we are for. That's what we are called to do. And we, as the body of Christ, missed out on this because we think that that type of stuff, seeing a brother and sister in Christ that might just, they might just be off just a little bit. It's nothing, probably nothing major, but it's just a little something. Maybe they just need a little bit of encouragement. We don't think that that's our role. We don't think that that's our job. Well, that's for somebody else. I'm not called to do that. I'm not supposed to do that. You're wrong. You are. And I will prove it to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself, that he is Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Hold right there. Back up, Nancy. I'm just letting you guys know right now. You see this? He gave some. He gave If you give something, you're gifting something. If you didn't realize this, I'm a pastor. That means I'm a gift of God. (laughs) I like to remind myself of that. I am God's gift to you. (laughs) But it goes beyond this. Look at what it says. He gave us, but now it tells you why. Verse 12. He gave us to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. He didn't give us to equip the ministry. He gave us to equip the saints. He didn't give us to do the work of the ministry. He gave us to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. If I'm a saint, if I'm one of his body, I'm supposed to be doing that. But if I'm a pastor, I'm not supposed to be doing that. As a pastor, I'm supposed to be equipping you to do that. You're to be doing the work of the ministry, and it tells you what the exact work of the ministry is. Edifying the body of Christ. And it goes on, and I love this, let's read the rest. Until we all come to unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ... "...that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but, speaking the truth of love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from which the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working, by every part does its share, causes growth in the body, for the edifying of itself in love." I am to equip you to do the work of edifying one another. And you're to keep edifying one another until you become perfect. If you're not perfect, you still got work to do. And that work means you're edifying, building up one another. Sounds a lot like what Hebrews said when it says we're to consider one another and stir up love and good works. And we keep doing that, edifying itself in love. Edifying, building one another up. This is what he's called us to do. This is the reason that he gave y'all, pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. He gave you us so that you would be equipped to go edify everybody else. See, here's the great thing. When I'm out there and I'm trying to encourage and I'm trying to edify I just gave you a perfect example. We're sitting there at home group and I see something that's off. I'm hearing something and I'm not having the answer in myself that I've already got. No, give me that word. Give me that word. 90% of the time, you know where that word came from? A message I heard. I heard somebody else preaching. I heard somebody else ministering or someone else shared something with me. And all of a sudden, it helped me. And if it helped me, I know it'll help you. (laughs) When you're stirring up love and good works with one another, when you're edifying each other, Holy Spirit, bring back to my remembrance the word that works. Give me that right word. Give me the word in season. Give me the well-timed word. Give me that thing. Help me. Show me what to do. See, that's my job up here on Sundays. That's my job throughout the week as a pastor is to give you the equipment, the tools that you need to go edify everybody else. And where does it say we're primarily supposed to be edifying? Uh, Back up there to verse 12 again, Nancy. The body of Christ. And why was it? So that we'd grow up. Why do we gather? To grow. That's what we're here for. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to be in isolation. We're not supposed to be on our own. No, we should be gathering together. And not just on Sundays. We should be gathering together really every day. And I'll tell you why we need to be doing that you can actually look here in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. I want to read this. We'll kind of finish on this point. Acts 2, 42 says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. And I love this because we often miss that. We're like, oh, this is the fear that drives us to isolation. no this is a different type of fear. This is not the fear the world brings. This is a reverential fear that has us respecting and honoring and worshiping God and not wanting to do anything that would cause him any disrespect. It's a totally different type of fear because this type of fear draws us into unity, not into isolation. Look and you'll see how it does it. Fear comes upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And now all who believed were together, had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. And so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with a gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Like this was his design. All of a sudden, Jesus takes off. Jesus leaves this earth and he says, just wait. Wait for a little bit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he sends the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, the church is birthed. The church is born. They've received power. They've been endued with power from on high and what do they continue to do day after day after day? They're with one another. They're encouraging one another. They're supporting one another. They're bearing with one another. They're edifying one another. That's what they're doing daily. From breaking bread, from eating meals, from gathering in the temples, from hearing the word, to worshiping, to praying, it's with one another. It's with one another. And what happens? They grow. They grow. We gather to grow. That's the purpose. Growing in him and with one another. That's why we gather. I want to encourage you this week to really be asking God, to show you, to give you the opportunities, to prompt you for those moments when you need one another more, and to be sensitive to know when someone else needs you. When do your brothers and sisters in Christ need you? Call out to them. I love the fact that we have technology like we do, because here we are scattered across miles of countryside. And yet we can reach in our pockets and pull out a device that will allow us to connect instantly with one another. Maybe we need to hear one another's voice. Maybe we need to call somebody and just say, hey, I just felt like I needed to pray for you. If they don't answer, leave a voicemail. <laughs> Guess what? feel like God just wanted me to pray for you, so I'm going to pray right now. Give me a holler back when you're free. Send them a text message. Send them a private message on social media. And if you stop and you see them out in public, how you doing? How are things going? And don't just listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're not saying. We're here to help one another. We're here to encourage one another. We're here to edify one another. We're here to support one another. Don't forget that. Because I'm not the only gift from God for you. Because you're all a gift from God for me. We need one another. Let's pray.